Hi, and welcome to your Peak Performance Edge podcast. I'm Rich Sands, and this is a place where we, you and me, get to discuss ways to be the best we can be and sharpen our peak performance edge. So lately, especially with the holidays and the new year, I have been very active in supporting the billionaireship of Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah, a lot of Amazon activity. So in the process of all of this, I came across their vision slash mission statement. You know, quote, to be the Earth's most customer-centric company, end quote. That phrase, customer-centric, consumer-centric, I've heard this like a million times in my life, but what does it actually mean? Is this really about customer service or is it about something else? What is being customer-centric? Well, I got to tell you, a lot of it is customer service, and that's where this podcast is eventually going to go. But first and foremost, understand that if you are customer-centric, if your company is customer-centric, it goes way beyond your actual customer service. Being truly customer-centric reflects your ability to show customer-oriented leadership. It shows your ability to understand your customer. You've designed the experience they have for them and not you. You empower them. You put them first. You design ways to measure their satisfaction. And if you ever get off course on that, you're able to correct that customer-centric ship anytime you need to. And, of course, you give great service. Now, customer centricity, I'm thinking, isn't a knowledge thing. It doesn't take IQ. It takes EQ. It's your emotional quotient, not your intelligence quotient, that'll actually catapult you to the forefront of the consumer-centric world. It takes self-awareness. You have to know who you are, and you also have to have that be right alongside with your ability to manage relationships and be empathetic for other people. So, customer service. What is it? So before we can even answer that question, I did what I like to do, which is go to dictionary.com and actually see what the uh, so-called word experts say. First, customer. A customer is a person who purchases goods or services from another. Okay, cool. Service, an active, helpful activity. So customer service then is the act of helping someone who has or is Uh, purchasing or purchase goods or services, and in this case, we're talking about from you. Now, the operative word here, I believe, is actively. It's the activity of, and it's something that is active. Customer service is active, even proactive. It's not a passive thing. It's an action, not a reaction. It has a life. It has a purpose. It's a real-life thing. I can feel it. I know when it's good. I know when it's bad. Benjamin Franklin said, well done is better than well said, and Yoda said do or do not. There is no try. So customer service is about doing. So let's take a look at this phenomenon called customer service and give you eight laws or ideas, if you like, that'll probably help you a bunch. First, know thyself. I think it's imperative that you know yourself. Self-awareness is huge here. Uh, You have to know yourself, your business. You have to know what you have to offer, and you have to know the best way to reach people. If you don't feel good about you and your business, you will suffer from CSD, which is customer service defensiveness. I don't want to be on the defense with my customers. I want to treat them in a way that's, that's actually offensive, not offensive, but offensive. I want to be on the offense with them. I want to be putting them first. If I'm doing what I love 
it makes it easier that I can love what I do. I think passion and love go a long way towards delivering the highest levels of customer service. Two, know who is number one. Not we're number one, we're number one. No, the customer is the boss. Without them, you don't have a business. And this concept has to be at the core of everything you do. Now, the customer may not always be right, and we know they're not. They may not always be nice, and sometimes they aren't. But they are, however, the customer in any business that doesn't treat them as if they're the most important part of the business is going to suffer immeasurably or actually very, very measurably. Number three, be a good listener. I think the essential component of making the customer number one is to know what they want. Fantastic customer service manifests itself in this ability to listen more than you talk. So we want to take the time to identify our people's wants and needs. And we want to listen in a way that is called active listening. We want to listen with the intent to understand. When I'm listening to understand you, it makes you feel important, it makes you feel appreciated, and it's just a good thing. Problem is, way too many of us listen with the intent to figure out what we're going to say next. Active listening, listening with the intent to understand, is me putting you first. It's you-oriented listening. Me listening with the intent to figure out what I'm going to say next is selfish listening. So remember, you can't be the answer to someone's prayers unless you know what they're praying for, right? So keep in mind that the more you listen and also ask questions, the more you get to know your customer. And the more you know them, the better you can serve them. Once you've listened, make sure you're able to summarize their position and, and have a good handle on what it is they need. Get it accurate up front because it'll save you significant grief later. Number four, exceed expectations. In writing the lyrics for the musical Ain't Misbehavin', Fats Waller wrote these great words. Find out what they like and how they like it and let them have it just that way. Now that's a nice philosophy, but the problem is under Fats' guidance, you are only meeting expectations. Find out what they like and how they like it and give it to them just that way. I want you to do more. I want you to go the extra mile. Now, in his book, Selling the Invisible, Harry Beckwith said, customer service is the gap between what the customer expects and what they get. This doesn't mean we lower expectations so that we look better. Go beyond what they expect, no matter what it is. As Tom Peters suggested, amaze, amuse, surprise, delight. So think about it. What have you done to actually wow somebody lately? Number five, have systems in place. I think at the core of every great business are systems that let that business have the ability to operate at a peak performance level. Systems make businesses more efficient and more effective. And by the way, having systems isn't where that chip docks. However, customers have to be privy to the systems. If I'm in the middle of, say, a real estate transaction, there's nothing more frustrating for me than being in the middle of it and knowing nothing about what's going on, especially within a process that maybe I don't know anything about. So keep people in the loop. Part of customer service is having systems in place so they can know what's going on. And at, at a minimum, you ought to be explaining to me what's going on, which means you need to know what's going on. Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Number six, the golden rule. Do unto others. Use that in your customer service. Treat people the way you want to be treated. 
A little empathy goes a long way in understanding and helping your customers. And if we made the habit of putting ourselves in the shoes of our clients and customers, all of these laws, all of these rules that we're talking about will become second nature. I'm a firm believer that the golden rule could actually be called the empathy rule. We all experience customer service. You know what it feels like to have lousy service and you know what it feels like to have great service. So create the experience that you would like to have and give it to somebody else. Number seven, you have to know when to say yes, no, and or I'm sorry. If you're ever wrong, admit it. There is huge power in accepting responsibilities and owning a problem. Anyone can point at somebody else. Anyone can shift the blame. In fact, in most transactions, there's a plethora of, a plethora of people pointing fingers at each other. Good customer service is anchored in your willingness to step up, admit blame when you need to, and take the action to correct the issue no matter who is at fault. And number eight, communicate. The best way to know you're helping someone is to ask. Get feedback early and often. Make sure you're on the right road and make corrections to ensure that you're giving people what they want and need. Because if I'm not clear on what they want and need, it's more difficult for me to give it to them. But above all, we want to communicate honestly and openly. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Seriously, think about this. If you told me you'll call me back this afternoon and you don't, you've lost my trust. Customer service is based on trust, and once you've lost it, you are way up the creek without a paddle, trying to go against the current, never again to be seen, heard, or used in my world. Now, the preceding have been eight irrefutable laws of customer service. I think if you follow these simple laws, three things are going to follow. First, you'll make your people happy, even, maybe, delighted. Two, they will tell other people about you and what a great job you did for them. And the third result will come from the first two. You'll do more business. So that's customer service, customer centricity, and how you can make it work in your business, whatever it is. If you like our podcast, subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on my website. We're on Buzzsprout. We're all over the place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And until next time, keep doing the best you can and keep being the best you can be. I'm Rich Sands. Thanks.